So I uh, want to get into the uh, new album and the show and the clothing line and talk some metal with you, but uh, I think we need to back up a few days ago and, and wish you a belated happy birthday. It was just your birthday last week. Yes, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Did you get to do anything cool for it, or was it just another uh, day on the calendar for you? Just pizza with a girlfriend, really, and uh, some disc golf. <laughs> <laughs> that was about That's the extent crazy. Of it. Okay. Well, I'm sure that this birthday was at least a, a little bit uh, easier compared to the past couple few birthdays with this madness and pandemic that we've all kind of gone through and kind of curious for the timeline, especially for you with not only the new album, Lifeblood, but also with the uh, clothing line. Is it Shibori? Yes, it's Shibori. So kind of give me the the timeline. Take me back to like March of 2020 and where were you at with the album, Lifeblood, and where were you at with the clothing line at that point? We were actually just leaving a tour in Europe because the president had announced that there was going to be a travel ban. So we uh, scurried home back to Canada at that point, not really sure what was going to happen. Immediately we came back and uh, figured we'd just continue keeping the foot on the gas pedal and started writing Lifeblood and recording those songs. The clothing line sort of came later in the year as we realized that we weren't sure when we're, anybody was going to be able to return to touring. So a way to sort of generate some income at, at the time and, and help out some of our friends and other bands that weren't able to tour as well. So uh, the album sort of came immediately after at least the writing process and recording process coming back from tour and uh, then the clothing line towards the end of 2020. Okay, so about a, about a six-month difference or something between the two of them, but kind of one begot the other. That's right. Very interesting. And in line with the clothing line, I didn't really ever think about this before, but with your band name being Brand of Sacrifice, have you always had a uh, eye towards branding and, and merchandising and, and marketing and stuff like that? Has that always been a forethought in you as far as the band's concerned? Yeah, I'd say so. I think we enjoy uh, putting together merch drops and marketing and uh online advertising, all these things we find interesting and enjoy doing ourselves. We're, we're pretty DIY, hands-on kind of band. So definitely top of mind for us, for sure, as we have fun doing it. Did you have any hesitation about putting out the album when you did? Because it came out, what, March of last year? Were you hanging on to it for a while? That's the other curious thing, too, with this whole kind of pandemic and timeline for bands, is how many bands would just record and put it out right away and then others sat on it for six months and or kept tinkering with it how about for you guys was it pretty much just done recorded and out or or did you have any trepidation on the release with the pandemic going on for us it was sort of a risk uh because typically you'd want to put out an album and then tour it immediately after that's sort of how the process would go right but we realized there was a strong hunger for new music as people were sort of sitting at home, working from home or figuring out what the next step in life was going to be. And uh, many people were looking for new music to listen to. So we felt that was an opportunity that many bands didn't take because they're worried they couldn't tour. So I think it ended up being the perfect storm for us uh, as far as timing goes to put it out at that period, in that period. You guys have done some uh, remixes and, and re-releases of tunes. Like It was really cool to, to see, not on the album, but, but released afterwards, uh, 
Will Ramos chipping in on Lifeblood. That's right. Yeah, that, these, those have been a lot of fun to put together and sort of breathe some new life into the songs that people have been listening to and also get some new eyes on the record they may not have heard yet from the band. So uh, it's been a lot of fun sort of collaborating with different artists from different bands and projects. And also, we did some sort of electronic remixes of a few of the songs as well. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun to, to collaborate with others. You know, talking about remixes and remakes and everything, we certainly have to bring up and get into the remake that you guys did of Dark Bloom from We Came As Romans. How did that come to be about? Yeah, that, that one was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it originally started from potentially looking at me doing sort of a standard kind of guest vocal type feature, but their drummer, David, was into the idea of sort of adding production elements as well because our guitar player, uh, Leo, does our mixing and, and mastering and production. So we sort of decided to do a collaboration between two bands as opposed to uh, a vocalist just jumping on an, an already completed track and sort of uh, reimagining the song in a new way. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before. That's the coolest part about it. And, and a band kind of from a different genre, too. I mean, obviously all metal, right. but it, but you guys are a lot different than we came as Romans. And usually it's, you know, like the the heavier band maybe going to a, a lighter band than the opposite way. Usually you don't bring on ask for a heavier band to help you get involved. So it's really cool of them to do That's that. Right. Yeah, def- definitely a very cool opportunity. They're a much larger band than we are. I mean, like you said, often, you know, a reimagining would be some sort of stripped down acoustic version of a song, not yeah. a heavier version with more instruments added than the previous one. So <laughs> it's really cool and really cool for you guys as a band, even though I, I would assume you're safe in saying that you're a death metal band, but it doesn't, you guys don't lock into that one category and bring so many different sounds and textures to your band. That's one of the things that I really love about it that makes it stand out. Yeah, we have influences all over the map and we're not afraid to give new things to try, um, especially with the electronic side of things and, there's even more to come. We're working on new music right now. So, Yeah, that was my next question. I mean, it, if you were working on that in 2020, you've got to have the wheels turning on, on new tunes already, but probably hold that off till 23, I'd imagine, at this point. We'll see how things go. We're, uh, we've got a few done already. Uh, we're just deciding how we want to roll everything out and locking in music videos, all that kind of stuff. But it's coming along pretty well so far. We're excited to get these out. Awesome. Can't wait to hear that and, and what the future holds. And uh, certainly have to touch upon the uh, the cool show that you're doing at the House of Blues of Anaheim coming up here on the 24th yes. with Spirit Box. And, and it's insane that that show has been sold out for a while now. But uh, you guys friends with uh, Spirit Box. That's right. Uh, we've uh, I've actually known the guitar player, Mike, for well over a decade. We played... Uh, a show together in a community center gymnasium uh, in our early 20s. Oh, wow. in another band called Fallen Archaea. So I've known him for quite a long time, uh, and I'm very happy to see the success that Tim and, and Courtney and, and the rest of the guys in Spirit Box are having. They're in a great band, and we're really happy to be a part of that uh, that show in Anaheim. So that's the connection. It comes with, with you and Mike knowing each other. Okay. Now I was wondering where, where the connection lies. Cause like, again, musically you guys are way different, but then I know they have yeah. the, the whole, I wrestled the bear past with them too. And so obviously knowing a lot of different bands and everything. 
after that, is there anything booked for the fall, or are we going to wait for the new we're music? Doing the, uh, we're doing the Blue Ridge Rock Fest okay. in Virginia. So that should be a cool one. And then after that, we're, uh, we're just writing and uh, focusing on that. And probably some tours very early in 2023. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, one guy I don't know if you know, uh, gotten to tour with or hang with, but uh, I imagine you got to be a fan. And, and I feel like I got to keep talking about him to keep his memory alive. But rest in peace, Trevor Sternad of the Black Dahlia Murder. And you had to have been a fan if you've not toured with that band yet. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan uh, of his work. I've met Trevor. Uh, he came out to uh, one of our shows on the Summer Slaughter tour a couple of years back. And uh, legendary vocalist, uh, rest in peace. It's a very sad story, but the legacy is definitely going to live on. And I think a lot of people are uh, very touched by the positives that he brought to the scene. He was uh, never afraid to bring out a small band and, and really push the underground very far so yeah that dude always yeah, had his very... at his ear to the underground always knew always looking for the next big thing or, or not the next big thing but the next thing in in metal definitely and he had the best laugh yeah, he did. and lastly dude just being uh, canadian it do you play hockey? Imagine you're a big hockey fan. Any any expectations for the new season? Are you a Maple Leafs fan? Who's your team? So I I did play hockey growing up. Played right wing. Um, missed playing actually. Wish I had more time to to play, but you know touring takes up a lot of time in here. Uh, but yeah, I'm a Leafs fan, and I hope that they can do better this year. They kind of fell flat in the playoffs last year, but we're hoping uh, they have a, quite a strong team. So hopefully that they learned their lesson last season. They were, they were pretty gutted from that loss in the playoffs. So, well, <laughs> Kyle, man, I appreciate all the time. Oh, last thing I got for you. We're one of those old school radio stations. Uh, we do mandatory Metallica. We salute to Metallica every night at 10 p.m. Curious. You got to be a Metallica fan, right? Do you remember your introduction to that band? <laughs> so this... It's a little different than other people would have. Uh, the first song I ever heard by them was, I think it's from a Mission Impossible soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, the song's called I Disappear. Yep, yep. That would be my introduction to Metallica. A very different era. Of them, almost a new metal era, I think. <laughs> but I still like that song to this day. And imagine after that you went back and listened to all the other albums and became a full-on fan. For sure. I, I, uh, I still need to you know, brush up on Metallica, but definitely a fan. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time and uh, can't wait to see you out there at the House of Blues Anaheim. See you then. Appreciate you having me. Thank you so much, Kyle. Safe travels, man. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.